Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and we'd like to start off by saying we are sorry that you found yourself once again stuck in Kagard. <laughs> I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Gallagher, again, Get in the comments. Give us a better fucking name. We're, we're gonna, I, Kevin's kind of growing on me, man. At this point, I think, at this point, we got too many, too bigger fish to fry than coming up. Exactly, with mogul shit, mogul shit happening oh, that I'm shit. sure we'll, we'll get going on. Uh, I'm full of arrogance and piss and vinegar because I just did a 6 a.m. class, and oh. so I'm better than basically everybody. You know, I'm... <laughs> did I do good? No, but that's the thing. That's the key is if you go to 6 a.m. class, you don't even need to be good. You just have to be there. You If you get up at, and get to the 6 a.m. class, it's a, it's a you don't even need to get to the mat. No, you, you just, just clock in and, and you go back home again. You need one selfie, 6 a.m. grind one set. One selfie. And then with, you can go home. <laughs> the Instagram post with like a, a little rabbit with a clock or something like that. <laughs> yeah, at his wristwatch. Selfie of you throwing up the shaka, grind shit, like hashtag grind shit, hashtag grind Sigma. Shit. Everyone like a, else is working hard. A little you coffee cup floating in the corner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the rest of the day you, you do Sigma grind set posts about how everybody else is living life in the the uh, wrong gear and there was a really into... <laughs> funny there was a real funny like collection of memes and i can't remember any of them but there was about five or six memes in a row that all talked about what how people that train at 6 a.m look at the rest of the world and the conversation it was really fucking funny it was oh really yeah funny. It it's was funny there was there was one of them that's like uh the world if everyone got up for 6 a.m class and it's like the utopia meme. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the future flying cars jets flying in. cars right yeah <laughs> There was a bunch yeah. of funny ones on there. Yeah, the guy that the guy that fucked up Dylan Dennis attended one six a.m. class one yeah. time five yeah. years ago, and Got so he's better <laughs> better than Dylan will ever be because he's not about that. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously the proof is in the pudding and showed out. Yeah, it's it's really funny that he he's gone completely dark. <laughs> just like yeah he, he's real even he knows oh even yeah even he knows i can't i got i can't post a, a single fucking thing he did uh he did talk shit about something he did peek his head out about something and i oh, can't wow. remember this what it was post strangulation um it was something yeah that's a good one it was something um something that pisses me off that i can't remember what it was but it's some calling out a MMA fighter. Maybe, it might the, have been him calling out AJ Agazon or some shit. We are news talking heads, and and we recognize that Dylan Dennis is officially not worth anyone's time. No, it's, like, it's funny. It's not even that funny. That's it's it's absolutely amazing. I guess that he got choked out by some bouncer at a club. I just I I, I just can't tell you how excited and beloved and and, and 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 full of joy I am that there is actually a video footage of Dylan Dennis getting choked and tapping on some bouncer's fucking arm to fucking tap at a club. It's just absolutely beautiful, beautiful. And I'm sure it was one of the greatest days of Gordon Ryan's life. when he The minute up. that happened, Marcelo Garcia was like holding a glass. Like he was about to take a sip of water and he just like broke the glass. Like, ah, oh, damn it. It like, finally happened. <laughs> yeah, like in the movies, he had his little pendant and you see like the slow motion shot of like the Marcelo yeah, Garcia pendant falling to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan needs me. Dylan uh, needs me. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. We're good. Oh, man. I, I don't want to break up the flow too much, but uh, like we usually like to do, just want to give a brief shout out to friends of the show and your friends as well. If you're at, at all interested in looking your best on the mat, no judges needed. Uh, go to their website, check out all their gear. 
They've been supporting us for a long time. Uh, they'll get you set up with the best rash guards, combat shorts, geese, casual wear for, to let the people on the street know that you go hard at it in the gym at 6 a.m. class. <laughs> at 6 a.m. class, right. <laughs> You got a bunch more sponsors coming soon. Oh yeah, there. but and and those guys are just they're just a good brand, jujitsu owned and operated. So go check them out. You know, Troy Organ is my homeboy. He's he's actually doing a whole lot of stuff for my gym for me. He's doing all my shorts. I have a whole rack up on my wall now. That's my whole life now. I'm freaking entrepreneurial, baby. I'm selling yeah. everything. anything and, I got can sell. And in self shit. in self promo goodness, our, our boy Kevin is selling uh, super cool merch for Gracie Trinity. It sure, looks sure, really yeah, clean. So what you do is some. you Venmo him. Uh, he'll get you squared away, and it'll never <laughs> come. In never it. <laughs> he'll just have your money, and you can I just swear like, to you, Kev. <laughs> I, I swear to you, Kev, I have a large rash guard and a large t-shirt coming to you. I'll throw you the t-shirt for free. I'm not, I'm not that fat, dude. Are you, are you large? I, you know medium? what? I will. I'm medium. You're a little small. But a little that's small. okay. That's, oh, well, hey, you know what? This is all enticing me uh, even more because we've got an episode of my new show planned, Under Pressure. I'm going to be coming down to Florida to film with you at Gracie Trinity HQ. And that'll be where hopefully Florida. I've lost it. <laughs> part of the part of the showing will be me ceremonially handing you the gi and uh and, and the rash guard and the shirt that you bought a year ago <laughs> but hey all this i i before we get too much into the news we spent a little time clowning on dylan that's always a good time you've been up pretty early today I uh, love that, man. I love any any there. crazy stuff going on we want to go over real quick? Like just in general in my life or yeah. uh, God, man, my life has just been a roller coaster ride of madness. Like I today was a long day. I just started uh teaching day classes at my gym. So I, I was at Trinity. Trinity is about a half an hour away from where I live at. So I had to drive to Trinity. I had to be there at eight in the morning. I have a coach. I had to be there at nine. I have a coach that is a um he runs my house with my kids program. He wants to be a fighter. He's actually a pretty good fighter too. He's actually a tough kid. It's a guy named Mike Schmidt. You know, he's more you know, amateur or whatever. It's a long road to get to the UFC from here, but whatever. It's, it's his goals. Everybody's got that goal. Uh, but he's been dedicating a lot of time to me and, and a lot of resources. So I decided that I would dedicate some of my time. So I got there early and did some boxing work with him. And I fucking hate him. I just hate teaching boxing. I just can't stand it. We talked about that before. It just makes me fucking crazy. It's like watching paint dry. I'm very good at it. I'm a very good boxing coach, but it's just it's insane it makes me crazy so anyway i worked with him this morning for an hour then i had god then i had a hour and a half class and i taught a private lesson then i had to run home eat then i had to be at a doctor's appointment on the other side of town to get it forward and i shot right back out to trinity i've been going like all day long like a madman i got cancer on my fucking ear got skin cancer sucks yeah my my dad just got uh, some skin skin cancer like lasered off. Is that what yeah, you're getting? Yeah, it's not that big a deal. I could, my, I was laughing the, the 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 chick the 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 forgotten chick that we don't talk about. That's been my fucking my quiet chick for like fucking three years now. <laughs> like, I still can't call her my girlfriend. I don't know what the uh, it's just you, the weirdest relationship I've ever been uh, in my life. Dude, you, you need to get. She told shit. me she laughed at it. She laughed to me about it. She told me to. Uh, she said. You could tell everybody you're a survivor now because she knows. She did it yeah. sarcastically because she knows how much of a glutton for attention I am. So yeah, I don't think that, I can go that. That's love. I can't do that. that. No, no. Me. That is – but but to be fair, like you're so used to hearing cancer and thinking, oh, oh, no, there's a clock. And I, I remember hearing that my, my grandfather – no, my grandmother got skin cancer. 
uh, years and years ago when I was like 10, I remember like tearing up and crying thinking, Oh no. But then I got informed. Yeah, no, yeah. this is, this is just going to be an um, annoying thing. Obviously just cut, this yeah, is a very isolated, cut that shit off, right? isolated case, <laughs> not making any general statements about skin cancer. But You're then like 10 CD, years later, CD. I'm like, wow. Okay. Oh, she's getting her skin cancer lasered off. Like I, I, I started to think about it differently. So when I heard like my dad was dealing with it, well, it's dangerous. Like, it's very dangerous. Yes. It's actually a big killer if you don't catch it and and deal with it but it's very easy to deal with if you catch it early so all of you that are fair skins like me and kevin you should be getting skin checks as much as possible all you fair irish lads and ladies out there please uh, the sun wants to kill us it's wanted us dead for a long time let's not let it happen let's get not at all (laughs) cancer's a motherfucker i had one of my friends uh good friend of mine, Simon, I've been training with him. God, we were white belts together. Um, he's oh, one wow. of them weird dudes. I see him on occasion, he lives in DC and it's just, it's the oddest thing. Like he just shows up into my life in the most random circumstances. Like one time when I was in LA, I was like, I get a call and it's like, Kevin, I saw on Facebook. He's Polish. As I saw on Facebook, you are in Los Angeles. I am in Los Angeles too. Let us hang out. And I'm like, Hey, what's up, Simon? Let's do this thing. Long story short, he got diagnosed with um, uh, third, what is it, three, third stage three uh, pancreatic cancer. In oh. and, I mean, it's still, it's not stage four, but it's not good. And anyway, long story short, just, it's weird to have someone that I know that I've come up with that I've known for a long time. I talked to my guys at the gym about it, like, find your family, kiss your friends. You never know. Kids, I don't even think he's 40 yet, you know, oh, looking man. at got two kids looking at a, almost a death sentence it's crazy yeah so i think general good good point to general message everybody if you're going through some losses like that uh know that tons of other people are suffering with you we hope you get through it and uh yeah uh, admire the people around you because you don't know when something like this will happen that was a good good way to put a somber fucking tone on the good look look, we started talking about your 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 live-in not girlfriend calling you a survivor so like i don't know where you expect me to go from there like well in this hunky dory news segue to something else quick another quick little segue it's pretty funny i was having dinner or i was having drinks i i train a couple Indian doctors and one of my guys, actually he owns a bunch of property in Tampa. This guy named Pavan, he's my homeboy. If he's listening, I love you, Pavan. He's a dope dude. But he has introduced me to a bunch of his Indian doctor cohorts that I hang out with a lot. And one of the doctors at this little drink, we had drinks at a rooftop bar last weekend for my buddy's birthday. And I talked to him and I was asking him and I said, Oh, so, uh, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of medicine do you, do you practice? He said, oncology. And it was, we laughed for a second because he looked at me and he said, I normally just tell people I'm a plastic surgeon because as soon as I tell them I practice oncology, they just look at me. They're like, oh, let's just change the subject. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Death. <laughs> or the, the conversation normally goes to some grandma that died of cancer. Yeah. Just, no one wants to talk about oncology. Yeah, that's – I mean, uh, it sucks because he does such an important good thing yeah. and he can't really flex about it just because it brings the mood down. Really, he actually had some really cool insights on the topic. It was pretty fun. I was talking to him about like how he reconciles the idea that most of his clients are going to die and this and that. And he was like, look, man, like I'm here to do a job and this is my job and I do the best I can based upon you know what I'm given. And like you never know. They don't all die. You know what I mean? Every once in a while, if, if there's a 5% chance – of survival, you know, those five and a hundred live. So every once in a while you get one that lives and it's a beautiful story. So I thought it was pretty cool. It was cool the way he broke it down. Yeah. And uh, in, in news that 
some people might think is cool because we do have to talk about some jujitsu yeah, news. Some it's news. almost we 20 can't minutes talk about in. People Goddamn. dying of cancer for the rest of the show. Uh, That's and, even my mom clicked off. <laughs> uh, in in news that is sure to make a, a certain number of people happy and a certain other uh, amount of people to go, oh yeah, that was a thing. EVI is coming back uh, with a 2022 uh, release date, according to Eddie Bravo. He's coming out, you know, back onto the world stage with the show that people have missed. Uh, it's going to have a, a suite of names: uh, Nate Orchard, uh, uh, Nikki Ryan, uh, Ty Rotolo. Uh, it's only going to be welterweight, uh, the first show, and obviously, big names, uh, a lot of cool stuff. But um, I feel like in the time since the last EBI, a lot of stuff has happened. There have been new shows. And what was once this really prestige brand is kind of, you know, could has it been outpaced by the stuff we have now? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, first of all, like, nobody gives a shit about combat jiu-jitsu. I love Yeti Bravo, but you kind of fucking took a that's shit. That's another thing that we can yeah, talk yeah. about. Is the, yeah, you put too much. You put all your eggs in that combat jiu-jitsu basket, and, like, I think it was a wash. You should have cup a runner with the EBIs because you had the market corner for a while, brother. You had the best, the most exciting shows out there. In the beginning, now you've got too much competition. Um, you know, to say that EBI doesn't have a viable case at making a run back, I still think Fight Pass is the best platform. You know, if that makes any difference, I don't. I don't see how uh, Fight TV or Flow Graphic can even compete with with uh, with Fight Pass. So that's a step up for them. Um, uh, I not a big fan of EBI Overtime. I just don't like it. I, I would, it's just weird. I don't, I don't like it. I just think it's stupid. I think that it was something that was cool in the beginning and, and exciting and people dug it. I just think that what we get now is guys, if you have to drill for EBI overtime, you get ready for EBI overtime. It's like, what the fuck? Who does a fuck about EBI overtime? Like, learn to do fucking jujitsu. I'm, li- I'm not lying to you when I tell you that I would rather see a ref's decision. Yeah. Than I would rather see, than I would see a uh, EBI overtime. Or yeah, maybe but- even a golden point scored. Yeah, like where it's like sudden death, you get you get this one shit. But what's what's interesting is that there are really huge uh, promotions that go hard on EBI overtime, namely uh, Submission Underground. Like that's the biggest one. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's still Josh LaDuke uh, still puts on EBI overtime events in his uh, in his in his brackets. There's still regional events that use the EBI overtime format. I just I, it's hard for me to, in my mindset, the idea of automatically granting someone such a premium position as the back, and then saying go from there. It's just silly. It's just it just it doesn't. You, you didn't earn that position. You shouldn't be able to attack from there. It's just an odd thing that kind of breaks up. Yeah, but what do you do? You, you got to have some way to call things. I think that I still think W. I like the the, the WNO format. I like the way they break it up into three rounds, and then each individual round is scored on criteria, and they show the lights at the end of each round, so the competitors actually know who's winning. How they're how they're going doing? The yeah, third. it's fifteen minute rounds. First five minutes, they put a light yeah. of red or green, a red or, red or blue. Second five minutes, red or blue, and then the last when they put the arm up, they let you know who won. Yeah. So, but let's let's actually. I think it, it could be cool to to see if EBI is still the best at EBI type stuff. Because so I want you to imagine just like a dream card, dream event. 
You're you're like nailed to your seat the whole time because you don't want to miss a thing. Uh, imagine that card at an EBI show and imagine it at a Submission Underground show. Because I feel like they're fairly comparable. No, in terms of, in terms I, I, of love, the... I love Seth, but... Uh, no, 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 no. Fight, fight to you mean WNO, not fight. No, no, no. I mean, um, I mean submission under. Wait, what did I say? You said I, fight to win. In oh EBI. shit! No, no, yes. no. I meant uh, submission underground, just because and, I feel like they use oh, which, same. Which one has the better form? Just because they're both on Fight Pass. That's like it's, where I'm. To be honest with you, I kind of dig submission underground's format. I like the fast paced matches. I like the way they go after it. I like the way they shoot for it. I just don't like EBI overtime. I think you got a guy like Mason Fowler that's just tough to fucking submit. That's really good at EBI overtime that ends up locking it out. You know, I don't. When's the last time Mason Fowler won a fight in regulation? You know, he just goes and coasts into fucking EBI overtime. I know a lot of guys, a lot of grapplers. It's to me, it's almost as annoying as guys that just play points matches that'll just pass your guard and hug. It's the kind of shit that anti jujitsu people do. You just coast your way into EBI, and then you're a bigger, stronger athlete, and you figure out a way to hold the guy, or you punch a fucking rear naked choke because you're a behemoth. You know, it's the same thing as when submission-only guys are bitching about points guys passing their guard and holding them in the position and then not going for submissions and saying it's boring. That's just my idea on it. I just think that EBI overtime has become that. I know a lot of knuckleheads that have made a good living off of being tough to submit that will just ride it out for 10 minutes get into EBI overtime and then they're fucking, you know, monsters. They just grab you and hold you. Now, there do, it you, is. do you think that that was always the case? Cause you, you remember those early EBIs, it was, so, it was a new concept. It hadn't been boiled down to the studs yet. Obviously Eddie had let his guys workshop yeah. with it before anybody else. Cause that's what he does. But, uh, I, I wonder just just because of how many great moments and and huge names got built off of having the EBI belt. Yeah, you know, at the time it was a new, fresh thing. The idea of submission only grappling was like, oh, what the fuck is that? You know, it was there. I mean, it was in the the coasters, but everything was points matches. Everyone. Well, I mean, Metamorris was doing submission only before EBI. Yeah, but I'm talking even before that. I'm talking about like tournaments. I can remember oh. being a blue belt in you know 2010 stuff like that, and thinking about like. Oh shit! They're having a submission only tournament in Orlando. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so cool! Like we should go do that. You know, but it was like just the fringe things that were like no, never. It wasn't. It was just weird. It wasn't really like a real thing. Everything was Naga or points matches at IBJJF. Yeah. So Eddie Bravo capitalized on that surge of submission only. I think you know he was probably the the first one to really bring it to the forefront, and then a bunch of regional guys jumped on it. Josh Duke, a bunch of other guys jumped on it. So in the beginning, it was exciting because it was fresh and new. And guys would go for those positions and they went for submissions because they didn't want to. And obviously, it's very geared towards 10th planet guys. You know, they, that's their, their style. They train those EBI overtimes. I just think it's fucking stupid. I, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't like the idea of having your competitive jiu-jitsu. When I think of it, I think about, you know, the old school guys that talk about how jiu-jitsu was becoming a little bit uh, you know, watered down. Watered down. You know, and I don't mean to yeah. say that. Sorry, Eddie. And I, I don't mean that a hundred percent, but it's just in my mind. That's what I kind of think about. What the fuck you're, you're practicing to escape from the back, and you're doing those rounds like that for some dumbass fucking tournament. It's just stupid. What I what I think is really interesting is that he 
he landed one of the best spots for a jujitsu event you can possibly hope to have in like just prime real estate on bite pass that's 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 almost all the eyeballs well i i can remember yeah i can remember going to i went with matt arroyo went against gordon on one of the ebis i don't remember which one it was the absolute or heavyweights or light heavyweights or whatever the fuck it was it was when it was at the old orpheum theater in downtown la and that was oh yeah that was super dope that was one of the coolest events i've ever been to that was super like cool. grace gundrum's debut i think was was it was, was she the on that card yeah i think yeah. well i it, when if there was if that was the only one at the theater then yeah she that's that's the one i remember and then and then fight pass said like she was too young to uh, they couldn't have her matches on there anymore <laughs> Well, yeah, she was a phenom. Yeah, I, you know, I hate it. I, I know I know a lot of my fight, my um, my tenth planet guys are going to be mad at me for saying that, but it's just I, it's just more shit that drives divisions in in the jujitsu communities. And now the tenth planet guys can say, "Well, you guys don't know what real jujitsu is because you don't know how to fight in EBI overtime rules." You know what I'm talking about? Like we don't know how to do you. And it's just I thought we were past that. It's just a weird line of division because i still know 10 plenty guys that talk that way and it's just like oh, i don't really give a fuck yeah. i'm pretty good at dbi overtime i'll train for that shit <laughs> well i <laughs> get mean the like off my butt but here's the thing is it, again it it's other promotions are just doing ebi overtime rules so it's like without even talking about the rule set like i don't think that's the problem because it can it can work <sighs> other places i'm just wondering if ebi still yeah. means what it used to i that's a very legitimate question kevin we'll have to see yeah we'll have to see if it still carries the same clout or carries the same clout because you know i mean i guess it's the welterweight so it's tough we'll see how many other big names sign up where i'm sure eddie's still paying the money is still the key who's who's going to pay the most these guys are all want to get paid so if eddie bravo's dumping but I, cash, like that's problem. why do you really like if you wanted to I know a lot of people have talked about this and people have opinions as to why, but he had prime real estate on fight pass yeah, with an event that does. everyone cared about. No, but he just turned off the spigot. Like he just shut everything down for a while. That's, 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 that's insane to me. That is, you know, what Eddie Bravo does, man. I don't, I, I never liked combat jujitsu. I tried to like it. I don't know, everybody said there was a Vince. Oh, the best combat Vince events ever. And I was like, eh, I mean, not really. I don't know. I don't dig it. You're I immediately still... uh, you're immediately eliminating the possibility of a ton of the best grapplers in the world doing your show. Yeah. Because they don't want to they do jujitsu not because they want to get hit in the face. They don't want nobody going to get punched in the fucking face. If you do and that's where I'm I'm like, dude, like what's what are we doing here? combat jiu-jitsu it, i was kind of on the fence i thought back when i wanted to see jiu-jitsu become this like espn fucking ocho late night thing <laughs> i thought i thought that combat jiu-jitsu was the way to do it just because i always thought the idea of in order to be a breakthrough sport you have to have people other than jiu-jitsu athletes watch it and the problem is is like fucking no one like i love jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu I'm guys didn't watch yeah. it. <laughs> i'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu and i still get bored watching jiu-jitsu matches so when you have combat jiu-jitsu now you have the element of getting smacked in the face and like every asshole at a bar 
could get excited about someone to get smacked in the fucking face. Ooh! They don't have to know what a Kamara is. They just have to know that he's getting smacked in the face. But honestly, at that point, I think what happens instead of people going, oh, someone gets smacked in the face, they're just wondering, why aren't we watching MMA? Yeah, why don't Yeah, right? that's, that's <laughs> It always just looked to me like it was just, you know, kind of cool, but like a shitty form of MMA. It just wasn't. Because guys would never really, even last night, I watched Kyle Chambers and, uh, Who's the other kid? I forget the guy who won it. Um, uh, combat jujitsu, right? Yeah, Ryan? he's from yeah, Ryan he's Attican? Ryan something Attican. Yeah, he's from he trains with um, Chase. No, not Chase. Anyway, Ryan Applegate, I think it is oh. in, in Atlanta. And um, it's not Ryan, but I forget what it is. It might be Ryan. Um, and I was watching him go with um, Chambers in. Neither one of them threw a strike the whole time. This is these guys. It's just then you just get a jujitsu match. These guys aren't utilizing the strikes in the way they're supposed to utilize them. In the way Eddie Bravo, you're either palm striking someone to death, right, for like a TKO, which is just weird, or you're going into a straight jujitsu match, which is just weird. You're not using the strikes to advance position. It's just a weird fucking thing. Like I just, this is not a deterrent. If you're not going to punch somebody in the face, it's just it is. It, it is a non-factor in any discussion as to who's like the the most legit jujitsu guy, the best jujitsu guy. It like no one brings up. But what about this guy who's great at combat jujitsu? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no one cares. I right. love Dan Martinez. And, I really yeah. do. He's my my homeboy. No one really. Da- gives a shit Austin about Daffron, yeah, like yeah. really great combat jujitsu record. Like no one gives a fuck. No one cares. I, and I love you, Austin. <laughs> just yeah. like... it's it's sad, but combat jujitsu may have ruined Eddie Bravo's hold. Maybe not. Who knows? We'll see. What about overtime? Like what about that? Oh, I can't believe I forget what the the latest one was. Just just the overtime stuff. Like oh yeah, that's right. What even? What even? <laughs> Spencer Mumi actually did really well on that. Oh my, Spencer won a match. I'm not against the. What's guy. the name of it? Off. I forget the name. It, like overtime, <laughs> like it was literally just called like the EBI overtime championships. That was it. It was just all they they all it was all just all they did was start from the fucking back of the armbar. Which is weird, silly. Yeah, I, that's going to piss me. That's insane. It's a major tournament started by one of the biggest names in the sport, and I have no idea what it is. Yeah, it's... it's um, Extreme it's overtime? A, it's, a, it's a weird... Uh, yell, yell at my dog. You oh, <laughs> my migraines, I yell at my dog. Um, yeah, long story short, I'm sick of fucking talking about it. Like, <laughs> I hope that EBI overtime does well um would be i'm excited to watch it i'm glad that ebi is coming back i think the buzz might be enough but unfortunately i really think that just like you said there's a bunch of other organizations that just do it better i'm sorry eddie i think you fucked up and lost it yeah that's that's about it i really i don't have anything else to add um i I don't i don't want to go transitioning into a a much more somber topic, but I know this is one you wanted to you wanted to bring up. Uh, bare knuckle boxing fighter, uh, excuse me, uh, Justin Thornton uh, passed away, age thirty eight, uh, following his most recent uh, bout under the promotion, and uh, it's got a lot of people talking about bare knuckle boxing as a sport, uh, BKFC as a organization. 
and uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot to say about this just because I, I am very unfamiliar with bare knuckle boxing outside of the few times it's it's broken through enough with like one fight on the card to make me go, oh wow, Artem Lobov is fighting a yeah. The guy that Polly Maljani is a big Polly Maljani, yeah, yeah. Um, or Paige Van Zandt, Paige Van Zandt fighting Rachel Ostevich, and I feel Um, bad about that, but it's I've never really super enjoyed it. It's always been, it's always been a little bit much for me. From what I know of bare knuckle boxing, I actually know a little bit more than most. It's it's the the guy who runs it, this guy Felder Fielder, I think his name is. He's just got real deep pockets, and he just doesn't mind throwing money at it. you know the events have some pretty good production value i went to one here in tampa i had a couple of our guys fight on the card um they 100 percent have some people fighting in that card that have no business being in the fucking ring like i've watched a couple of those bare knuckle boxing events and just seen people that were so completely overmatched and so completely just literally lambs to the slaughter for the local hero that wants to sell tickets so they can, you know, and they pay pretty well. Like I'm telling you, like I got a couple of homeboys made about six grand to go beat up some fucking tomato can. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of was like, God damn, six grand is a lot of money to go beat this guy up. Fuck, I can do that shit. You know what I mean? I ain't going to lie to you. I thought about it a little bit, but there's, you know, when you couple that, philosophy and that that amateuristic uh uh matchmaking and and promotion value and and then you add in the idea that ben opal boxing is you're punching someone with no fucking gloves on like you add that element of danger to it it's just a recipe for disaster and i think we saw that now with the unfortunate death of one of their fighters now you know fighters die it happens you know, this ain't a goddamn knitting class. You know what I mean? You're in a cage, you know, punching someone in the face. Like, people fucking die. That's what I always tell my amateur fighters. I'm like, bro, like, you do not take an amateur MMA fight on a whim. People die when they fight. It happens. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. Every year, we'll hear about someone that died in a smoker somewhere, someone that died in a in an MMA fight or a boxing match. Uh, now we've seen it in bare knuckle boxing. It's just when you add the extra elements of potential disaster, you know, mismanagement and, and just the whole premise of boxing with no fucking gloves on with a standing eight count at 10 count. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. And that, but unfortunately uh, with Justin, it, you it's, I think it's hard to say that he didn't have a resume that would make someone yeah, think that he deserved to be there. Six and eight, like he had six wins in in MMA, uh, eighteen losses, but still he's he's gone. It's a lot of fights. You know? He he's definitely put some miles on, and you would think, and someone just looking at that, oh, he's he's won six times. That's he can just he can do yeah. a sport like this. You know, I think coming off coming off of. 24 fights over a long career against some of the some really stellar names uh he went against a ufc heavyweight uh chase sherman uh another ufc heavyweight walt harris 
this guy has fought some serious people, and I. Well, he also Jesus. lost 18 times. You know exactly. I mean? exactly. Like, who's, his, who's his coach to let this guy continue to go out there and get his ass fucking It might be his killed. manager. You know what you I mean? Know? Like, But that's that's the story of fighting in general. I just, I just, just in general, I see so many poor fucking training camps and so many poor, you know, gym owners and fighter promotions and fighter managements that just, they just lead these kids out to disaster. And it's kind of unfortunate. And I think that the bare knuckle boxing crew is just the worst culprits at it. They just don't give a shit. You take some guy and you call him. He's like, I almost did it. You know what I'm talking about? I almost fucking did it. I could have called them and been like, hey, bro, I will pack that motherfucker up. Get me six grand. I'll come to a bare knuckle boxing match. You know what I'm talking I haven't thrown a fucking punch in 10 fucking years. You know what I mean? But I almost did it because I was like, well, fuck, I'll make six grand. You know what I mean? Now you take some guy that's literally, you know, he hasn't, yeah, he's got 24 fights, but he lost 18 of them. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Now you tell him, all right, cool. We're going to pay you six grand to go fight this dude. He's like, hell yeah, I'll do it now. What do you do? You take gloves off. There's a standing out cut. And it's brutal, baby. I've said they, they want the brutality. That's what they're going for. They want that's this is the ever evolving nature of what we're seeing in the fight game, and it's disturbing. Well, here's the, like brain issues alone. I mean, this guy was paralyzed after his fight, and it was it was a long time in the hospital before he ended up passing away. Uh, you do anything, even slightly strenuous, after like even a minor concussion, you could get fucked up. Like yeah. there was a. Uh, there was an NFL guard uh, for the Chargers, Chris Dialman, uh, had a normal game, got rocked pretty hard, uh, was not officially diagnosed with a concussion, but went on a plane right afterwards. Altitude yeah. change game was seizure. He nearly died. Yeah. It, it, like, you that, never that, know that what's happening. And, and with the damage you're taking in MMA, I... And we're talking about MMA, but we should be talking about BFs, uh, BKFC. Yeah. I I know that there have been a lot of arguments for why it should be around. I know that people have said a lot of things about the organization and the people that run it. But do you think that do you think that BKFC is the the slippery slope that people like John McCain were talking about back in like the nineties when they were fighting hard to keep MMA from being a thing? I mean, you know, it's a very good correlation, Kev. It's a very fucking smart thing to say. You know, what are we doing now? What are we really doing now? You know, we we really need to take the fucking gloves off of someone. You really need to do that. You really need to do that. What what advantage does that have? Like, what what are we really doing? They only do that because people get cut and they get bloody, and it's oh, it's. Real Everybody's fate, like every you, Artem Lobov has had many professional MMA fights. But at no time does does his face look worse than after any no, BKFC I talk, fight, win or lose. Your, face, your hands. I talked. We had Jim Ayers on the podcast. He yeah. was a BKCK, whatever fucking fighting champion, and he's my homeboy. Oh he yeah, he got fights, his he hands got rocked really fucked. hard after yeah. he came on. Every time he fights, he says his hands are fucking swelled up and all cracked and gnarled and shit. Like, it's just fucking. I don't. Just. I just don't know. I don't. I, it's that is serious human cockfighting. Like, there's there's not yeah. really even much skill to it. Like, you watch these guys well, fight, they're I, just brawlers. I know 
from like I I'm far from a, a striking expert from any by any stretch, but you know when I see professionals breaking down bare knuckle fights, uh, one of the biggest things is as you realize how much more important the jab is, just like how much more damage you can do with yeah, working like, off even of the lighter jab. jabs, just yeah. like the, someone's getting cut yeah. up and beat up just without from that. a glove on. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Just, there's no you when you to, to take it back to the John McCain thing. Yes, I I kind of I always kind of thought of it like what like what the fuck are we doing here? What's what kind of degradation of our society are we looking at now? What are we gonna do? We gonna give them fucking sticks next because that's real fighting. You pick something up in a street fight. You can pick a chair up. You can pick a <laughs> I can pick a fucking bottle up. We're gonna give them fucking guns and let them go run around the street. That's is that the entertainment value we really need? Yeah, are we that barbaric of a society? We're going back to gladiator days. Are we going to let the tigers come in? You know KFC. what I mean? What, what in the fuck, dude? KFC, knife fighting championship. <laughs> we might be onto something there, Kev. Keep on talking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Daddy's got bills to pay. <laughs> I, I, it's, listen, obviously this is, I, I, I am resident, I am hesitant to take away an avenue for someone to make money. Just because I get that, you know, the guys that are fighting in this, it's more often than not because of a paycheck. You know, you got guys that aren't aren't cutting it in the the WBBC, you know, the boxing or, or MMA. They're not making it happen there. And this is an an avenue with a little bit of a lower barrier to entry. People were talking about if Yoel Romero went to BKFC because he went to a show, but if he signed up with them as a fighter, he'd be the most overqualified human being in any organization ever <laughs> i it's like fedor and pride where it's like he's he's playing with a cheat code or something i never i wanted to try to like it i went yeah no we it. we gave just, it a shot i just yeah. can't do it i never i never could really get on board with it I, every time i see it i just think ugh. like and it's the other thing like it's the standing eight count like what the fuck right or 10 to 10 the 10 get back up like you literally you're going to take gloves off and then you're going to knock him to the ground and make him get back up again yeah, whatever so anyway i think kevin's taking a little break he's going to walk around this is the part where i talk about myself for a few seconds like uh like uh what is it the the the, the guy from wayne's world <laughs> you see my head start to blow up <laughs> yeah that was a quick left alone I think we had some technical issues. Kevin came back with a huge Yeah, sorry table. about that. You're yeah, good, I just man. Had, to, had to extend something. But there we go. We got I an extension. Think that, I think that uh, it sucks because there are some things about the business that made me interested. Like this uh, Feldman guy, he, he talked a lot about giving fighters pension, you know, taking care of them, yeah. investing in them. Obviously, that could just a, – a guy a guy like that could just straight up lie. Um Dana White has just lied and been wrong about stuff like all the time. Yeah, so, I I can't say that. I would love it if someone tried to grill this dude for an update on that, especially right now. <laughs> like, I is this is his long term partner going to get you know spousal support? Is is there going to be some stuff happening there? Because great, I you know, fighter pay is another one. I think we got one of them on the list to talk about fighter pay stuff. But oh yeah, no. You know, <laughs> when you when you talk about you know Felder talking about giving fighters pensions and all these other things he's talking about, it sounds cool. But like, what you got to make the money to do that shit first. And I don't think bare knuckle boxing is making that much money, man. I 
fights. I mean, they made a lot of money off the Malinagi fight because they promoted the hell out of it, but no one really gives a shit. And I, that was carried almost entirely by the the Floyd Mayweather uh, yeah. McGregor fight, just because this this guy mm-hmm. had beef with McGregor. He's one of his training partners. Got dropped by him in training rounds. Artem Lobov, Conor McGregor, right. acolyte, best buddy, only right. dude he likes. It seems like. Right. So now it's like if you can beat my henchman, you get to fight me. And unfortunately, Malinaki couldn't beat Artem, so yeah. <laughs> he, didn't oh my... the, he didn't get the big payday. Can I be honest with you? He, he could have dusted Artem Lobov in three seconds, and there's no there's no universe where Conor McGregor would agree to fight him. Like no. there's there's no money there. Even no, 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 no. Like what gets him out of bed? He'd probably just show up at his house, coked up, and. Like yeah. burn it to the ground or something. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a natural segue to something else that we wanted to talk Spe- about. Speaking where... of cocaine, <laughs> yeah, no, not uh, well, no, but more that the fact that an organization this shady and this morally dubious can get the high ground by offering something that the the biggest organization for combat sports in the world is not offering. It speaks volumes. It, it's it sucks that this guy can seem more legitimate by offering a little bit better fighter benefits than Dana White is, and he's been in the news again because him and his best friend Oscar De La Hoya, <laughs> former championship, one of the best boxers of our our lifetime, and you know frequent drug enjoyer, went at it over the issue of fighter pay over social media, and. I know that you, again, this was something you wanted to talk about just because you have some thoughts about how how White responded, where instead of attacking the... He's made some comments like, they're getting paid fine. You know, they're they're getting paid enough. Like, you know, we're, we're, or we're working on... It's, he's been very vague. I can bring him up in a little bit, but he hasn't really done anything but call uh, Oscar De La Hoya a lunatic loser drug addict so yeah what, what what were some of the things you wanted to talk about so the entirety of this conversation can be summed up in one number right the ufc right now is worth let's see i think it's like nine billion dollars i'm trying to find it for some reason it won't come up um, when you start to talk nine about to ten billion dollars, nine to ten billion dollars, yeah. they sold, and we're that's four to five times what it was worth six years ago, seven years ago. Nine billion dollars. Think about that for a second. That amount of money, and now think about guys that I know that are fighting their asses off to make it to the big show, to be in the fucking UFC, to entertain us, to become the next champions that have to work security jobs after they've made it to the big time. Like, think of a baseball player or a football player that would have to keep his job bartending or working security while he's playing in the NFL. It's unheard of. $9 billion. The fighter payout... Uh, the differential between um, what is it? The NFL, major, most major athlete, I mean, baseball, hockey, and football. The separation and the distribution of profits from the athletes in the company 
everywhere else it's upwards of like 48%, 52%. In the UFC, I think it's like 17 You know, there's no fucking reason why Dana White and the UFC can't figure out a way to pay these guys. It's in fucking excusable. They make so much goddamn fucking money. When you when you make it to the UFC, if you win the consent, oh, we give you a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars ain't shit. It's not. I love you guys. I love you young <laughs> fighters. A hundred thousand dollars ain't shit. <laughs> it's really fucking not. It That's sounds part of a the... huge number. I mean, it's more than not shit. It's more money than you've ever made, but it ain't shit. It's nowhere near what you're worth. These guys should have full medical benefits when they fight. If a fighter gets hurt outside of the UFC cage, they would pay for it their own self out of their fucking pocket. That's fucked up. That's so fucked up. It's in fucking insane. Ridiculous. Dana White is using the same format that professional boxing is used for generations because at work, this is fucking different. Pay these fucking kids money. When you get signed to the UFC, you should get a million dollar signing bonus. Boom. You got nine billion fucking dollars, you cheap fucking cocksucker. You fucking, you fucking slumlord. Pay these guys a million dollars, give them full medical benefits till they fucking die. You piece of shit. I, I can't say it any other way. And he looks at us with a smile on his face, condescending. You know, De La Hoya calls him out, and the only thing he could talk about is, oh, yeah, well, you're a cocaine head. You know, you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking bitch. I mean, fuck you, Dana White. That's what I got to fucking say. Do you think that if there were some cuts to be made in in salaries other places, it'd, be, it'd make sense to stop, to start at him? Yeah, well, fuck yeah. What the, who's going to fucking... But Dana White spends a million dollars at the fucking blackjack tables. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And I'm not saying he shouldn't be rich. He's fucking he built the UFC. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything without him. But he just doesn't give a fuck. And, you know, it's... I Maybe I don't know all of the ins and outs of the business and what his costs and overheads are. Nine billion dollars is a lot of fucking money well you know what i think it's i think the only one of the only things we can compare it to because we can't wrestling is not gonna you know there there's no professional uh actual sport wrestling apparatus that's really generating huge numbers for us so we can't really look at that uh i feel like kicks kickboxing also there's not enough there but let's look at let's compare some of the highest earners in boxing, like the highest net worths, to some of the highest net worths in MMA. Just because I feel like those two, those two sports get compared all the time for a oh, long sorry. time. Not even, not even close. Yeah, no. To, for a long time, everyone was like, MMA is going to swallow boxing. It's a lot more popular in in the the zeitgeist. And it's on people's minds a lot more. It's getting pushed in the culture a lot more. But is that reflective of who's making the most money? Uh, and this is according to MMA Saka. So if this is all... And net public public net worths are always a little weird, but this is what we have to go off of. Number one richest M- MMA fighter right now, Conor McGregor. Uh, about $200 million. Well, he also uh, far sold, and away. Sold a liquor company, though. Too. Most of his earnings came from uh, the acquisition and, and business deals he was doing outside of the UFC. Hang on. There's a... Yeah. Ambulance. 
Ambulance. Yeah. I live in downtown Buffalo. That's so. right. Good There's enough. probably a, a rowdy Bills fan that's worried about Patrick Mahomes and how we're going to deal with that. Uh, I am too. But uh, coming in second, Habib Nurmagomedov, $40 million. So already huge gap. massive, huge gap. Now, $40 million is a lot of money. Still a lot of money. And honestly, uh, Habib's probably going to make more when he kills it on the soccer field because that's what he's doing now. Hell yeah, champ. Yeah, he's playing soccer. <laughs> Great for him. So already huge drop off uh, coming in in three. George St. Pierre, $30 million. So we're, it's just constant downward, uh, huge downward increments uh, just from the top three. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the highest paid boxers. No, no surprise, number one, Floyd Mayweather, $450 million. This is a guy who repeatedly gets in trouble with the IRS. <laughs> and funny, his ability to read is a little bit questionable. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. I enjoyed that a little yeah. too much. 50 cent reading the cat in the hat. That was Oh funny. my god. That's the 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 thing that never was that I wanted. Poor, to be. poor Floyd. Now, unfortunately, like with MMA, you get a huge drop off uh coming in at number 2, George Foreman, 300 million dollars. Uh, below, and obviously some of that's going to be the, the grill the money form and grill money. <laughs> it's, not, it's not nothing, man. No, uh, Manny Pacquiao coming in at number three, $220 million. Uh, and then below him, Oscar De La Hoya, $200 million. And that's with his recreational activities. So mm-hmm. top three compared to the, uh, in boxing compared to the top three in MMA. Just, just from those numbers, it's not even in the same stratosphere. There's one guy, one aberration, who with a combination of having the right attitude, the right look, the right success inside of his competitive sport, was able to make the most amount of money you can make as an MMA fighter that we know of right now. I don't even want to get into box. Uh, uh, basketball, because that's just a fucking sad. You got billionaires in basketball. You know, you got Michael Jordan, you got LeBron James, like big B dudes. That's the we're, we're definitely not there. But also, it's a team sport, so the dynamics are always going to be a little bit different. But yeah, uh, it's it's really rough. It, it's rough to look at those numbers and think that uh, the UFC is doing everything it can now. Obviously, boxing doesn't have a super great pension program either. So, what and, we're asking, and the lower level guys are still not making shit. Exactly, they're they're holding guys. down a day job. Uh, but it's I think, it's just a it's just it's just a fucked up template. It's different too because Dana White likes to act like he has some kind of ownership over these guys. Like you know, he oh these are my dudes, they better stay in line. Blah 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 blah. But at the same time, he doesn't really give a fuck about him. He just yeah. he doesn't. You can't look me in the face. And tell me you give a fuck about someone that you paid fucking six grand to that was fighting on the fucking UFC card, fought on the undercard of a UFC card for you to fucking promote your fucking business, the potential of being the next great thing. I don't know, man. It just, it fucks me up really, really bad. And I just, it makes me fucking sad. And I just yeah. think there's got to be a better way. People and and when, when there's small stuff, isolated incidents that he can really jump on for either just a PR move or because he genuinely does want to help. Like when Walt Harris's daughter uh, went missing and was tragically found to have uh, been murdered, uh, he, he, he put the whole 
UFC media team and resources behind getting the word out. And it was a very inspiring, good moment. Like when and when Matt Hughes got hit by a train, he was yeah. you know very present and making sure he was yeah. okay. Great, he, great guy. He, he loves okay. latching on to individual high visibility things that he can do that cost him nothing that end up making everybody think he's a great guy. It's an you awesome know. story, Kev. I just yeah. want to show you something real quick. $9 billion. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Dana White. That's I was all not, I can say about that. I, I want I'm, to I'm very it. nice of you to do uh to do the 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 charitable works that you did to help out with you know the kidnapped murdered daughter and you know matt hughes getting hit by a train that's awesome what about the guy that has fucking brain damage now because he fought on your fucking undercards and can't have a kid can't have a fucking job anymore and is broke living in his mom's house because he has no fucking money piece of shit yeah. you know what i'm talking about there's a lot of people out there that are really fucked up from yeah. fighting that you just discard and you bring them back yeah. for Hall of Fame events and say, hey, guys, we love you. You're wheel wheel them out. Hey, like, champ. Hey, champ. Hey, we're doing a UFC. Where are they now? Yeah. Can you speak through a tube yet or are you still yeah. doing the rest of your physical therapy? You, Call me when you will start seeing that, Kevin. It will start to fucking happen. The UFC is still a young sport. It's only been around for 10, 15 years. We're going to start seeing maybe longer than that. Uh, 20 years. I don't even know. When, when, have we celebrated the 20 year anniversary of the UFC yet? I don't know. Have we? I think no, we have. Uh, yeah. We have, but I mean, like. Oh, you mean the Fertitta era? Like, yeah, the Fertitta, the real UFC. You know, into the, the. Yeah. The, the, I forget I'm when about it's. UFC, uh, Rich Franklin, uh, uh, what's his name? Fuck it. Frank, Forrest Griffin, those guys. Um, you know, Chuck Liddell. Um, yeah, uh, yeah no, no. It's two. They, they purchased it in 2001. So yeah, it's. You're uh, gonna start seeing guys. 20 years coming up. You're gonna start seeing guys that are really fucked up. You're gonna start seeing your old fucking heroes that are fucking Muhammad Ali that can't talk. That are fucking like oh, shaking and out of it and shit. It's gonna fucking happen, man. Fighting is not a pretty sport. It's not fucking nice. Your body is not supposed to be doing the shit. It's doing. Over and over and over again, like you do in the fight game, and ugh. well, I don't know. I just doesn't dude, seem to give a fuck, dude. I like if you can already look at some pride guys and, yeah. and really see a that. Vandalay like, Silva, Mark, Mark Kerr, Mark. That's Kerr. that's one that's hard. Just when you look at him in his peak and him on the decline, and now fucking BJ Penn. Yeah, that's BJ like, Penn. Luckily, Jesus. BJ Penn is is royalty in Hawaii. Mark Kerr is teaching like. He's like an assistant wrestling coach at like some junior college somewhere trying to make see, ends meet. Yeah. Did you hear BJ Penn's running for the governor of Hawaii? Oh God. Yeah, I know. I think that would be. I just, just, I just want to. I just, I'm, I'm my whole life anymore is just watching the world explode. I just, I just, my, it's I, unfortunate, but I can't help myself. I, I, I think I, the Hawaiian, and I say this as a complete outsider, but I think the Hawaiian people can do better. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you really need pre video? Your most recent, your your governor's most recent fight to have been when he got rocked by a, a drunk dude on the street, <laughs> like Dylan Dennis style. 
Okay, now hang on, because that's a little bit different. It it's a little bit different. <laughs> getting sucker punched and getting choked out is a little bit different. It's a good. Yeah, point. nobody choked out BJ Penn. He just got pummeled. Yeah, and when Ryan Hall gets you in a heel hook and you turn yeah. the wrong way accidentally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta, you gotta. I just, I, again, I. It's very sad that no one cares about this topic. No one really gives a shit. Dana White could pay these guys so much fucking money. He has the money to do it. He just doesn't fucking care. No questions. No question in my mind. He just, I, we, I, I got to pay people more. Let him go fight for Bellator. That's his fucking mindset. Wait, we'll just get new guys to do it. Everybody wants to be in the UFC. And it's and like, you know, unfortunately, you got these young kids that are fucking stupid that don't know any better. They're like, yes, sir. I'm going to be in the UFC. I'll take $6,000. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm a UFC fighter. Like $6,000. You can't even buy a car with six grand. Yeah, you can put it. That's not even a down payment on a house. You can buy a. You can buy a like a used a fucking Mitsub- Chevy. You, you can be buy a Mitsubishi Mirage with one hundred and fifty thousand miles on it for six <laughs> right, grand. <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's fucking <laughs> pathetic. Nine yeah. billion fucking dollars. I don't want to say it again, but I'm done. You it's, know what? The biggest. Insane. I think one of the one of the under the radar shittiest things that Dana does is I think honestly his treatment of Francis Ngannou, like. Whenever the chance comes, he loves talking about how this guy was in a salt mine in Cameroon. He traveled right. to France. He, yeah. he, right. when it's he, convenient he, to him. He, he found his way yeah. here. The minute Francis did one, uh, his entire push towards his first title fight, he's his champion in like like hardworking Amazing success story, story right. hardest punch ever, loses to Stipe Miocic. I, I was never friends with Francis Ngannou. I didn't like him. Uh, he's a fucking I mean, piece that's, of shit. I'll give it. That's promoter shit. I guess I can run with that. I don't fucking no, know. no, because it goes it goes even further. Like the more you see it, the more fucked up it is. Because after that, he got scrubbed. He wasn't yeah. anywhere. It took him uh, with a, a. It took a dominant win over Rosenstrike before he was like in the conversation again. And before that he had the worst match of all time with Derek Lewis. And this oh, yeah. incredible story of a guy who should be dead in a salt mine coming to America and getting to the UFC, it just becomes, yeah, he sucks. Like his whole value as a human to me is nothing now. Okay. But in the Back lead to the up salt to, mines with Yeah. You. Then he has an amazing yeah. first round TKO or first round KO. Uh the push comes back. Like, oh, yeah, he's an immigrant, uh, fucking great guy, uh, beats beats Stipe. Oh, my God, this dude started here in the in this, like, uh, sports jersey and, and jeans in, in the desert, and now he's, he's a UFC champion. All the marketing. Francis requests a little bit of extra time to recoup. We're stripping Francis of the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. I was never yeah, Francis and got his so friend. Crazy. <laughs> He's it's like, so this crazy. motherfucker asked for a little bit more time. <laughs> it's so fucking crazy. It's so fucking How fucking crazy. dare he? This goddamn miracle child. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it, I complained it's, that he wasn't good at wrestling. He got good at wrestling and out-wrestled Steve Amiocha. He wants a little bit more time. Fuck this idiot. Yeah. New title shot. <laughs> I... I Dale White is a tyrant. 
uh, yeah. Zyra's to it, man. You know, what sucks he's, is he's I don't. For building it. He's, he's I have no. I don't have any faith in in Chatry from One FC to be the guy that does it better no. with how no, much money a, he's losing. It's unfortunate. It really is because he Dana White also knows that there will never be any real competition for him. It's just not going to happen. So he can continue to do whatever he fucking wants to do because as much as we talk shit about this. You know I'm going to watch the next fucking UFC fight. <laughs> you know I'm going to watch the next big event. You know I'm going to tune in the next time I see fucking, uh, I don't know, who's a insert huge name, Dustin Poirier, fucking Michael Chandler, fucking Oliveira, whatever the fuck is coming out there. Dom you know Cruz, I mean? Henry Cejudo 2, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put a blockbuster fight up there. I'm going to go down to the wing house and watch that shit. Or I'm going to buy it yeah. at the house because I'm a recluse and spend 60 bucks on it even though I'm cheap as fuck. Yeah. You know, that's – and he knows it. Speaking of, I, 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 I want to just end it with a big old, you know, Dana White, please just use your infinite power to do good. Because you could you, – you are so tied to the UFC, even with the mouse hanging over you. I feel like you could unilaterally decide to pay all these guys a little bit more. And I don't think anyone would give a shit. Nine like, people would help you. People will be like, hey. Nine, nine million dollars, guys. Nine billion dollars. It's that, ridiculous. Say, say that yeah. again. Th- say that again, and think about how many generations of your family would yeah. be okay with nine billion dollars. Right. right. And granted, it's not all his money. It's you know shareholders. He's got four hundred million dollars just yeah. on his own. At least yeah. that's like like the yeah. last time I checked. Yeah, Dana... you know, he, he maybe I. He earned, he owns he, he earned it. I guess I don't know. What the fucking knows? Well, you know, take a hundred million no. of that. And distribute it to the hundred fighters you have signed in one way or another. You didn't even got to give them a million dollars each. A million dollars might even be a big number. Five hundred thousand. Yeah. How about a couple like, hundred grand when you or when you and sign, this is and, or and this is crazy. This is crazy, and so radical. But like, how about everyone not making a certain amount gets a guaranteed sixty k a year to just not die? Yeah, that's. That's Just, it. It's, we call it the the bare minimum in four, in four <laughs> benefits. You fucking asshole! Like you, you, you can make it out to the USC Performance Institute. They're not going to pay for your fucking knee surgery. I love that I get to hang out with Forrest Griffin. That's great. But I'd love it yeah. if my ears yeah. didn't ring all the time. Thank <laughs> you so much for flying me to buy first class. It was such an awesome experience that I'll treasure forever when I go back home to the fucking one bedroom fucking apartment in the fucking hood that I live in that I really can't afford. You know what I mean? Thank you so much. You're the best, Dana White. You yeah. make dreams come true. I think because he also he always wants those the, the ability for someone to say, you know, I was I was living in my car before I became a UFC champion and now I own a yacht. You know, like he wants that rags to riches, yeah, blue collar shit. Because we fetishize do. the idea of suffering. Like we love the idea of suffering and someone having a terrible life until they don't. You know, it, it can't be that everyone operates at a cool baseline. It's not like you have one of the most entertaining and dynamic sports on the planet where people can do any almost anything to hurt the other person and it's okay. No, you gotta you gotta also have the rags to riches. I dodged bombs on my way to school, like I got shot at well, that's, Every that's day why it's in the Ukraine. Everyone's chasing after that dream. I just told a kid today. I just told some dude this morning at 9 a.m. that the fucking UFC kid that wants to be in the UFC is like, bro, like, I'm going to tell you like I tell everybody else. 
don't fucking do it. <laughs> like the odds of you making it are just so astronomically slim. You know, I want to believe in you. I want to believe that you're going to be the special one to do all the right things. That's going to get lucky. That's going to make it through the UFC. And like, once you get there, the odds of really making fucking GSP money are so astronomically fucking slim. It's ridiculous. It's such yeah. a fucking long shot. Yeah. And so much damage and so much sacrifice. You're going to break relationships. You're fucking not going to be able to spend time. You're going to miss things. You're not going to spend time with your kids. You're going to lose jobs. You got to fucking suffer and scrimp for such a long time to be able to get there. Like, it's just not fucking worth it. However, if you're going to do it, I can help you. That's what I always tell you. Like, you know what I mean? If, you, if you're going to do will it. This detrimentally yeah. affect your life, but I'm your best shot. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's fucked up because there's still a part of me that has dreams of putting a fighter in the UFC, even, even aside from that, just because yeah. there's that glory of doing it. Yeah. And just to like putting aside all of the abuses that happen in, in, in professional wrestling, because that, that's a whole other laundry list of things that are bad. I do like the fact that you can enter professional wrestling as some middle-class dude from Milwaukee or Connecticut with no interesting things about them whatsoever, but you can just decide in the ring to become Rusty Hook Joe, the possessed uh, railroad worker who kills people, <laughs> and that's just you. You know, there, People don't know that you're a tax tax lawyer on the weekends because Col- you're Rusty Col- Hook Joe. Colby Covington can do it, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't say his name three times or we got to spend 20 minutes talking about him. I'm done with that fucker. I'm Fuck. that shit. He's like Candyman. He'll show up. Here with a bunch of women that look sad. <laughs> Brendan Schaub talked about how he was hanging out with Kobe Covington one night. I'm doing a podcast or some shit like that. And Kobe tried to make one of his hoes do some shit, like come rub your shoulders. And she was like, I ain't rubbing your motherfucking shoulders. You didn't pay me enough for that. You didn't pay me to do that. You paid me to hang out with her or some shit like that. He's, he pays these girls to come hang out with him. She's like, I ain't rubbing yeah. your fucking shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> this is the one. The one instance I gotta say I feel I feel bad for Brendan Schaub because it sucks that he had to hang out with Kobe Covington. <laughs> Brendan Schaub's not bad. He's, he's I, a little bit. He, I, he knows what he's talking about in MMA. I guess I don't fucking know. I don't. I, I think he's you know he's a tough pill sometimes. I went and saw a stand up and they. I think my question that I asked during the Q and A got more laughs than most of the set. <laughs> That's fucking great. What'd you ask him? I I asked him like if if. Like how often, just standing next to Eddie Bravo, does he he desperately fear for his safety? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fucking. And he told him he told this story about how Eddie was telling him to smoke. I don't even fucking remember, man. <laughs> God, I remember Brendan Shaw from the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Time. Oh my God, that was geez, that was two thousand nine, two thousand ten, twelve maybe. Kimbo Slice was on that season. That we was on Kimbo. He was with Kimbo yeah. Slice. He was with Matt Mitrione. Shit. Who won that season? I think it was Matt Mitrion. Hang on. Yeah, I want to say it was Matt Mitrion. I remember that one. That was when I used to watch it religiously. It used to come on Spike. And then I think the WEC came on after it, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. That was back when there were two different. Uh, yeah. Or they hadn't been the, bought out yet. They, yeah, hadn't been bought out yet. And that was, the first, that was the first heavyweight season. Where it was yeah. just heavyweights. Yeah, find out. I forget about who were the coaches. God, I'm trying to remember. It was uh, it was it was Rampage and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was the one where Rampage lost every fight, but the final <laughs> one. And they had and Rampage that... and Rashad, and you're just realizing, wow, Rashad Evans is a yeah. 
Great coach. <laughs> the one, uh, the one clip of Rampage breaking the the breaking the door the door down it looked like a fake door to me. It was like fucking on everybody's Rampage Jackson. Well. Rampage Jackson. He's probably so happy that John Jones like exists. Not because, <laughs> well, even though John Jones uh, knocked him out. Right. Uh, I don't know if wait. I don't know if he knocked him out or it was a decision. But uh, he beat him in a fight. But before John Jones. I, I, without John Jones, I feel like people would be looking a lot more critically at the weirdest shit stuff that Quentin did, Rampage did. Well, he like was that, humping mean... that humping that freaking reporter on on air, just like that's sexual assault. The cool, the, oh yeah, but gee, you could say that about anything in the last fifteen years ago. The world was so much different. Like you couldn't make try Thunder today. You know I know. I mean? I'm saying like he's probably like, wow. I'm glad that. I'm glad that this absolute villain exists. So no one. Could like, you imagine if a movie like to... Airplane came out today or Blazing Saddles came out today? God, you'd oh, some never, old God, lady you ta- would never fucking you'd never old make white it lady theater. talking jive. You'd never make it to the. You'd never make it to the movie theater. You'd get fucking shot. I don't even think you can walk, play a replay of Blazing Saddles anymore. <laughs> Blazing Saddles. Anyway, all oh, right, Kev, you God. ready, man? Right, well, so who, won, who won? Who won the season? We figured out yet? Are we still looking for it? I I'm trying to I'm trying to find it, but uh, Roy Nelson. Oh, that's right, Roy. Wow, Roy Nelson. Good for him. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> he was that he was the by far the favorite on that season. He had the most experience. He fought in some weird fucking uh, promotion for a while. Yeah, big country boy Roy Nelson. Man, he yeah. made a little. He made a run big for a country. while. He was around for big country. Isn't is is it him that I I heard I heard someone say about somebody like like him? I'm pretty sure it was Roy Nelson. Like he would never really do jujitsu, but he's like a black belt. Like yeah. he would he would use in in the in the octagon he would mainly just strike, but like he's also like a high. Well, he was I remember, but he was a good wrestler. I mean, he, he was tough to take down, and he would take a bitch down if you got on him. And once he yeah. got on top of you, he was a fucking monster. Can you imagine having Roy Nelson on top of you? Yeah, he's a black belt. He's a black yeah, he's belt. A black, well, he's, been, he's been a black belt for a long time. He was a black belt for Who's he under? Time. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. But he was a black belt for – he was a black belt when he was on the show 10 years ago. But he's been a black belt for a while. I saw, wow. I saw him in a grappling match. There's a, there's a video of him in a grappling match with some other well-known grappler. I can't remember who it is. He did pretty oh, well. Oh, he's the he's like the Henzo Gracie boy. black belt. Oh, you go. Well, he's, a, no he's a Henzo Gracie guy. Straight from like Henzo gave him his black belt or under the yeah. Henzo affiliation. Oh, well, there you no, go. No, Henzo himself. Yeah, Man, that's legit as fuck. Then. Wow, that's. that's <laughs> you look so slim in the gi. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get you want to give any shout outs to the the boring fight that cost you fifty bucks or? Oh yeah, Jesus! I I don't want to I don't want to give it any more recognition. It wasn't deserving anything. Like <laughs> you guys should be Santos, Thiago Santos, and Johnny Walker. What's his last name? Is that Johnny Walker? Is that it? Yeah, it's John, uh, Johnny Walker. Yeah. Like you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Like of all, <laughs> I literally I was so excited to watch that fight. I was so stoked to watch that fight, and I literally I was about I didn't do it, but I was about to pull the trigger. It was plus nine hundred. Yeah, like, you were you made the post on Facebook, post and I'm Facebook. like, oh, that's same. This seems like a safe bet. And then I plus nine hundred, 
for for a decision. That's how crazy. No one thought it was going to go to decision. Then they went out there and fought like that. It was embarrassing. Most of these guys. I don't know how Dana White did talk shit to them about that. I mean, it was a fight night, so maybe maybe like because it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like Lewis and Ganu, you know, where it was like this. I feel like the stand the the expectations were modulated a bit. Yeah, but you got two guys that are trying to go for a title fight. The winner of this could arguably be a, a light heavyweight title contender, and this is the fight you put together to get your title shot. I hope they both bump down fucking two spots and they give the title shot to somebody else. <laughs> Neither one of them deserves it after that performance. It was horrible. Give it to Daniel Cormier. <laughs> Daniel Cormier. Yeah, Johnny Walker was trying to bump back into the top ten, I think, or some shit. Like, who the fuck knows? That was a hype. His was like a really. He big was hurt hype for train. a while. Yeah, he was hype. He was hurt and came back. Yeah, he hurt himself after a somersault victory dance, right? Weightlifting. Like, weightlifting is weightlifting. Weightlifting. Oh, pack or something like that. Weightlifting or some shit. I think he. I think he. I did think he injured himself doing a backflip at some point. Like, and I remember no, that's that the guy who beat Matt Vervola. And then he did a backflip and broke it, or jumped up in the air and threw, or jumped off the uh, cage. Yeah, or something yeah. Like that, blew his fucking knee out. Yeah, I remember, like Johnny Walker was making a lot of comments talking about John, I'm going to beat John Jones. I guess everybody in that division has to talk about beating yeah, John Jones because everybody wants the, the that's the red panty night. Yeah, but uh, I, a lot of people had a lot of hope in him doing it. Uh, did his performance seem a lot different than usual? I know he's coming off injury, but. Uh, he played a very different. passive game, and Santos didn't really want to try to engage. God, I can honestly, I think the number of significant strikes landed was probably, I don't remember, I could do the, the research on it, but I, it couldn't have been more than 10 each, if that. God, it's horrible. It was a, if we're talking about five rounds of high-level top 10, I think, fucking – for, you know, legitimate top 10, even if Johnny Walker isn't there, he'd take time off, but he's a top 10 talent. Yeah. Um, this is what you guys got, the two deadliest guys. And then after what Santos did to John Jones, he had a lackluster performance. This is an opportunity to come back. And then fucking Johnny Walker wants to well, I mean, showcase his, whole, his, his skills. His whole leg broke. Like, his whole shit was fucked like i think he had a double mcl acl tear yeah yeah and the, the but, fact that people were like how the fuck was he standing and throwing kicks yeah he's still throwing kicks yeah yeah and then yeah, like listen, listen i just want to end the end the show saying this uh i don't care what's happened to him now and what his whole career looks like right now dominic reyes beat john jones uh, I don't give a single here. fuck. I think you're right about that. <laughs> nine million dollars, guys. Nine million dollars. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I think every episode we're gonna have to say nine million dollars. We'll just until, guys, until shit changes or until the price goes up to ten, which it will. <laughs> from, from now on, the podcast will be known as the nine million dollar podcast. Nine billion dollar podcast. <laughs> nine billion dollar podcast. <laughs> Welcome uh, back to the UFC's net worth. <laughs> Go check All out right. No Judges Needed, guys. Uh, Off Colony, a bunch of other shit. You can use BJJ, uh, Trinity BJJ for that. Off Colony is a great tattoo-owned company. It's my buddy owns it. They've got really cool shit. Go check it out. Yeah, no just take, needed. A, take a good look at one of Kevin's arms for a good look at the cool yeah. stuff that he does. He's, uh, sure, his rash guards are dope. You should check one out too, Kevin. I'll try to get you one. They're fucking oh, super hell dope. yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. When you come down, I'll get, I'll get you a rash guard. Off Colony, go check them out. And obviously, all the best articles and this podcast can be found at Uncle Coach Kevin blog. Link down below. Go check that out. We're building a super team.
the new website should be live soon, Kev. The new website should be live probably by the end of the month. I have I'm still working off the Squarespace website, which is kind of blah. Yeah, but the new one's kicking soon. Yeah, already got a couple articles ready to drop. So go check that out and be on the lookout for the next episode of Under Pressure. Um, just, uh, just saving up money for travel because travel is a bitch. But if you want to help good. me out, I might be putting out a Patreon soon. So you can, Good work you know, to you, Kevin. It was a good show. Yeah. You and Emil was good. Yeah, no. Uh, shout out to, oh, shout out to Emil Fisher who just had his first win at Black Belt at a Sogi a couple days ago. Good on that. you. I now you just that. got you got to come after Kev G. You know, nah, fuck that. He's good. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I, fucking, I want to hate a meal. Then I roll. With him. <laughs> that motherfucker's good. Dude. Fuck he that is, shit. He'll he make you feel me, kid. He he's, make, he's, he, he's good yeah. at jujitsu. Don't let that motherfucker fool you. That motherfucker's good, dude. Burt Reynolds guard. People think it's a joke. It's not a fucking joke, man. No, he'll fuck you up. Like, that fucking kid's good at jujitsu. I was like, he, he like, he like fucking man man child me and shit like like was like toying with me it was embarrassing <laughs> yeah, no. so go check out his stuff uh he's actually got a dvd out about the burt reynolds card so go check that out we always love pumping up our friends sure. friends of the show so sure. yeah it's very late we're tired and i got a 6 a.m class to get to because i don't know if you know but i'm better than you uh, <laughs> God. I don't know if you knew it or not. Kev's better than you. <laughs> I'm just, I just am. I, I shower in champagne every morning. It's fucking great. My life's great. I got champagne some caviar in the fridge. <laughs> champagne and tears. Your tears, because you yeah. cry, because I'm better than you. I'm gonna get <laughs> fucked up tomorrow. I'm gonna get ankle picked and heel hooked, and then I'm not gonna be able to walk. That's karma coming my way. But yeah, uh, no doses needed. Off colony, uh, and obviously the blog. So go check all those things out and be on the lookout for more stuff on this channel. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and we'll we will see you the next time you find yourself stuck in K-Guard. Good night.